since we've been on a series just speaking about or talking about uh, what time it is. Um, I've called the series The Time to Plant. We think about life and just where we've been in life. That we're in a season where all around people are planting and flowers are blooming. It's just that, that time. Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot. We've been talking about this time to plant. But those, just to get us all on the same page, what is this time to plant talked about? Well, we talked about what kind of seed are we sowing? Are we sowing good seed or bad seed? With our lives, we're always broadcasting some kind of seed and, and we're producing some kind of harvest. And, and what kind of harvest can we expect? Because we just need to be sowing a good seed. We talked a little bit about the potential of one seed, something I don't think that, that we usually think about when we hold a seed in our hand. How much potential, how much promise is in one seed? And that in, in one thing God places in your life, that one promise He's made, that one action, that one conversation, who knows the innumerable blessings that can come from your obedience. And we talked about we plant, Paul said, I plant and Apollos watered, but it's God who gives the increase. That once we plant and sow our seeds, we've just got to trust that God is going to make them grow. That we can't force that, we can't make it happen, but we have to have faith that God is going to, to be the one who does that. Last week, we talked about cross-pollination and the importance of one another. That we need each other to produce a good fruit. That, that if we expect to, to see the, the optimal harvest that God has for us, that it's going to take fellowship, it's going to take working together, it's going to take living together, it's going to take challenging one another, holding each other accountable for us to see the fullness of the fruit that God has. So as a farmer, if I'm at this place, uh, I feel pretty good. I've got the right seed sown. I've sown uh, the right amount, and I've, uh, I've taken care of the soil, and everything seems good, and, and, and I'm trusting that my plants are growing. What, what's next? Well, there's weather, I guess. That could be, that could be part of it. Uh, what I thought about being next and wondering, what would be my next step? Last year, I was talking to Roy. He's not here. That's what happens when you don't come to church. I get to talk about you, and you can't defend yourself. So last year, uh, Roy and Donna, they planted a garden out at the chicken farm. And he was telling me about his garden, and, and they wanted some corn on the cob. So they planted corn on the cob. And the corn on the cob, they sowed the seeds, they watered it, they came up. And he was telling me that the corn was just about ready to be picked. Actually, it probably was ready to be picked. Because the next time I talked to him, I said, hey, did you get your corn? He said, no, the raccoons got it. Been there? I mean, that was a lot of time, energy, effort invested in what should have been corn. There's nothing like fresh corn on the cob. I mean, it just, it's delicious. A lot of time, effort, and energy invested in feeding some raccoons. The, the reality that we have when we plant, when we sow, when we grow, is that we have to realize there are threats to our fruit. Right? We have to acknowledge that, that, that there is some kind of threat to the fruit that we're... You're not the only one who wants your fruit. 
There's a threat. There's others that want the fruit, the kingdom fruit that is growing because of the seed that you've sowed in your life. And I want to talk about those threats because too often we can be naive to the threat. I was reading something during worship. We're going to talk about our threat today. It said in the United States, I think it was 81% of the, no, 89% of the people believe in God. In some kind of God. In the United States. And then it said 61% of people believe in the devil. So that's like 18% of people that believe in God but don't believe in the devil. And so I think what happens is, is that we become naive to the threat. And then we're surprised when the raccoons are eating our corn. We're surprised when there was such good fruit. There was so much potential. And we came to harvest and there was nothing left. I mean, Roy, it was like one night, he said the corn was there and the next day. They, I mean, they got it all. He said he didn't even get one cob. They got it all. This morning I want to talk about the threat or to encourage us to protect our fruit. There's a scripture I want to start with uh, this morning. We're going to be in, in the book of uh, 1 Peter. And, and I want to look at this verse uh, pretty much throughout this morning. But, but, but the acknowledging that there is a threat to our fruit, that we have to protect the fruit that is growing. I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity for us to be together this morning. I thank you that we're in a place that we can hear your voice. And God, I pray that it's you who speaks to us this day. Holy Spirit, we submit ourselves. I submit my thoughts, the words that I have for everyone in this room, the words that we hear. We just ask God that you would speak directly to us. Help us to have eyes that are open and and ears that hear. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, just because we always need to be reminded, he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Verse 7, Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Verse 8, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Peter, in his letter, felt it was important for him to remind the reader to just be alert. Why? Why did they have to be alert? Because there was an enemy, the devil, who he says uh, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So often we are either naive or just ignorant or we just don't care about the reality of an enemy that desires to to consume us. If you had a hundred bucks and you knew someone wanted to steal it, you're going to protect it, right? We're going to put things in place. We're going to worry about things. And, but, but we don't do that with our kingdom fruit that is growing in our lives. 
The verse, the emphasis of that verse, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion for some, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. I want to look at those words today because I think they're imperative for us to protect our fruit. The first thing that, that we see in, in verse 8 is he says, be alert and of sober mind. We're encouraged in the Scripture to be alert. What does that mean? The, the analogy, the, the word picture that came with, to me when I read this was in the Old Testament. They had what they called watchmen. And do you know what their job was? To watch. Ezekiel chapter 3, it says, At the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the people of Israel, so hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. There were individuals in the Old Testament who that was their job. It was to watch. What is a watchman watching for? Threats. Enemies, right? The principle of watchmen, they, they were a part of, uh, of the culture. They, they were designed to, to just watch and be alert. Now, who wants a watchman that's not alert? Who wants a watchman that's not sober? Be alert and of sober mind. Old Testament watchmen, I, I, I read an article or something that said, In the ancient world, there were large watchtowers that were placed overlooking the fields. There in the weeks the crops were ripening toward harvest, men would stand watch, guarding the field from animals or from thieves who would make off with the crops. With the community's basic food stores at stake, the watchman's role was critical to the town people. We also find many references in Scripture to watching or a watcher mounted the city walls in times of stress to survey this, the scene outside the fortifications. They had watchtowers in their fields. Why? Because people wanted their fruit. Because people threatened the crops. What were the crops? The crops were what they needed. They were valuable. And so because they had something of value, they were intentional. They were alert about watching for the threats that might come. There might be people. There might be animals. It do, we, we don't know. But whatever it is, we're going to be ready when they come so we can protect our fruit. We're not very intentional about protecting the fruit that we're sowing for our king. Where are the watchmen? Where are the watch towers? 
Where are those that, that, that they, they're appointed just to keep an eye on where the enemy might come? The things that might seek to devour the, the harvest that is ours. I believe as a church we're sowing for a harvest in Crawford, Nebraska. I believe as a church we're sowing kingdom seed. We're sowing good seed. I believe that good seed is starting to sprout up. We better be watching. Because where there's fruit, there's devourers. You might have never seen a raccoon before, but put some corn in and suddenly they show up. It's a nature principle that translates to the kingdom of God that we often neglect. We have to be on our guard. We have to be alert. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, it says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. I've got another raccoon story. Recall, if you tell me a story, I might just repeat it. Someone else was growing corn. Someone else, uh, Walt had planted corn, I think it was last year, was it last year, two years ago? Walt planted some corn. Much like Roy, Walt's corn was growing. Much like Roy, the raccoons wanted to eat Walt's corn. But the way the story goes, just because I'm repeating a story, what, two o'clock in the morning? Walt was on his guard. And he sensed some raccoon eyes looking at his corn. So in his pajamas, Walt got out with his shotgun and he took care of the enemies that were seeking to devour his fruit. If you want to know the story, you can ask him later. We have to be on our guard. We have to realize the truth that, that, that there is someone, there are some ones that seek to consume your fruit. Scripture, he, he tells us who we're being alert for. Right? It says in that verse, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Let me tell you, the enemy seeks to consume your fruit. He seeks to take every bit of life that is growing up around you. He seeks to consume. He seeks to restrict. He seeks to to inhibit what God wants to do in your life. That's His purpose. I remember a couple years back, they kept seeing mountain lions in town. We haven't heard of them recently, but I tell you, once as a father, I hear there's a mountain lion around. I made sure my, my, my gun was ready because that what mountain lion wasn't going to come near my house. 
When we're aware of the threat, when we know what the threat is, we can watch for the threat that's coming. Let me tell you, the scripture is clear. Your threat is the devil, and he prowls around. He's seeking for a moment of vulnerability so he can consume that which God has given you. Another place in scripture, it says, oh, well, we'll get to this. I guess we'll go through the parable of the sower again because it shows us the enemies that we're facing. We have to recognize our enemies. Matthew chapter 13, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one, who is the evil one? Okay, we're all on the same page. The devil comes and does what? He snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The scriptures say in John chapter 10, there is a thief and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's real. That's truth. That's the word. There is an enemy. There is a thief that is plotting to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what his goal is. That's what he wants to do. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And so many times we just ignore or we're naive or we don't think he'll come in our garden. The scripture says that's his desire. He's prowling around looking for that moment he can consume. We have an enemy. We have a real enemy we should be watching for. I know when a a lion comes around, right? How do you know if a lion's been around? Hey, footprints, what else? Scat, whatever. You know, we know when they've been there. You might hear something. You might recognize something. How do you know when the enemy's been around? You might start looking for the evidence. Don't be naive. Don't be surprised. Your enemy is real. There were other enemies that the parable warns us about. It said there was seed that fell on rocky ground. That refers to someone who heard the word of God at once, received it with joy, but they had no root And they last only a short time because trouble or persecution comes because of the word. They fall away quickly. I'm going to tell you, when you plant, there's going to be trials. When you're sowing, there's going to be troubles. Scripture says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. There's an enemy that's troubles in this world. There's troubles that come. There's trials that you'll face. There's circumstances that arise that, that at essence, they might try to rob the fruit of what God is accomplishing in your life. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All of a sudden, trouble comes, and it's being an attempt to strip away To steal away from you what God is producing in your life. Recognize the trouble. What's the promise? Yeah, troubles will come, but what? But take heart. Where's your root at? 
Take heart. I've overcome. These troubles, they're only temporary. They're only momentary. Take heart. I've overcome. That's eternal. The world. So those trials, they might be tough, but they don't get the victory. Those troubles have no right to your fruit. Do you hear what I just said? Those troubles have no right to the fruit that God is producing in your life. So they can't have it. Protect your fruit. There's a real enemy. There's seeds that falls among the thorns. It refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, deceitfulness of wealth, wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. There will be weeds. There will be things that grow in your garden, right? You can put down all the paper. You can put down all the right things. But at some point, there are weeds that grow up in your garden. When I was a youth pastor, we, we did a whole garden series. And I was going to plant a garden with my youth group, and so we did. Then we went down and we tilled the ground and we planted seeds. And my kids, they just didn't take care of the garden. So you want to know what won that garden that year? There was no fruit. (laughs) There was lots of weeds, but there was not one bit of fruit. Why? Because we weren't intentional when a weed came up of, of taking care of that which wants to choke out. The anxiety, the concerns, the trouble, the troubles, the, the, the worries of this world, they seek to choke out the very fruit that God is producing. The deceitfulness of wealth. If I only had a little bit more, I could find some security in that. If I only had a little bit of this, if, if, if things weren't so bad, then I, I would be able to get through tomorrow. That anxiety, those concerns, they begin to choke out the fruit that God's producing in your life. And if we're not intentional about pulling that weed when it's really small, it gets hard. When those weeds get really big. And when they multiply. And when we're not sure if that's a weed or a plant at this point. Because we're so consumed with with the mess that is. When I first plant, I know which one my plant is. And which one the weed is. I can recognize it. The weapons we fight with are not of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and pretensions that set itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. When those weeds begin to pop up, I recognize that's not the fruit that God is producing in my life. I recognize that's not the plant that's going to produce the God. And I have to take it captive. I have to pull it out. I have to get down and get dirty a little bit. I have to do some work sometimes to get rid of that which stands up against what this garden can can be we take it captive we demolish that we get rid of it completely every thought the anxieties the fears the lies we take them captive So be alert, because there's real enemies 
that are coming. There's real threats to your fruit. And then do what? Verse 9 says, resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. There's something about resistance that is continual. It's not just a momentary action. There's something about resistance that implies it's just going to be a constant. I've got to keep on doing this. I've got to keep on resisting. Sometimes we think we resisted and we're good, but guess what? The lion can come back. The raccoons, now, not when Walt's done with his PJs, maybe their buddies will come back, but they won't come back. But they're going to come back. We have to be intentional about continuing to resist. James chapter 4, it says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. I promise you, you can scare away that lion. Do you hear that? I get this picture of the lion when, when I read that verse from from Paul or Peter, and I hear, oh, the enemy, it's, it's prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And it's almost like I just see this kid in his bedroom because there's a lion outside and he's afraid to go anywhere. Avery, if there's a spider anywhere near her, like all of a sudden she comes crying because there's a spider. You know what I'm saying? Like we become paralyzed by fear. What's the promise here? What does James say about that lion? You're bigger than that lion. If you resist him, if you submit yourself to God, you resist him, he will do what? Listen to me. You don't have to put up with the lion. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to put up with the lion. The scripture says, submit to God, resist him, and he'll flee. You can scare him away. He'll get away from you. Show him who you are in Jesus Christ. When he recognizes that you've submitted yourself to God, when he sees that you're a child of God, when he sees that you're an ambassador of Christ, he remembers what Christ did and that Christ had defeated him on the cross. So he has no authority in your life. We've been talking the kingdom of God in Sunday school. When he realizes that you're a part of the kingdom of God, he has no place. And you remind him about the king and he has to flee. Keep on resisting. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, Uh, Be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. My struggle, our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood. We recognize who our enemy is, but it's against rulers, authorities, and against powers of the dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realm. So what? I put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, I can stand my ground. And after I've done everything, I stand. I stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around my waist, with the breastplate of righteousness and faith in place, and with my feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel 
of peace. In addition, I take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers, with this in mind, being alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. There's fruit. That's your fruit. There's valuable fruit that's coming up in your garden. There's, there's valuable fruit that is being produced from the seeds that you've sown. Remember the choice to sow good seeds. Remember the trust that God had a promise in that seed that was innumerable. Remember the reality that God was going to make that seed go. Remember that the conditions, they were right. Now I just have to protect. It's yours. Protect it. God's given you that fruit. You're responsible for protecting it. Do you see that? Be alert. Be a sober mind. There's enemies. There's the devil. There's the thoughts. There's the things, there's the anxiety, there's the fears, there's, there's animals, there's critters. They desire to consume the fruit that God has destined for you. He's produced for you. So resist. Keep on resisting. Resist until it's time to harvest. Resist until the harvest has come. Keep on resisting. Keep on watching. Keep on being alert so that we can reap the harvest, so that you can reap the harvest that God has for you, that we can reap the harvest that God has for our church. And no, the enemy is real, but my God is bigger. And know that the enemy may seek to devour you, but he has no authority because you've submitted yourself to God. He can't have your fruit. He has no right to the crop, to the harvest that God has given. When Jesus said, lift up your eyes, the fields are white for the harvest. The enemy had no right to the harvest that Jesus was seeing. You guys can come forward. Protect your fruit. You know, I think sometimes pictures pictures from life can bring a profound spiritual truth. And you know, if you knew someone and they uh, there they, they were a whole bunch of raccoons and they planted corn right in the middle of the raccoons and then they were surprised that the raccoons ate the corn. You would think they were foolish. You would question why. I mean, you would say, seriously, you thought, what? I mean, what did you do to protect it? Oh, I, I didn't do anything. I mean, I just put it there. I left it in God's hands and said, take care of it, whatever. You'd think they were foolish. But the picture that I've been wrestling with this week, the, the reality that I've been struggling with this week is I think we're that foolish with the, the gardens that we're sowing spiritually. 
And we just sow and we've trusted God and we're convinced that the enemy, he's not coming our way or we're not watching. We're not keeping an eye out. We're not alert. We're sleeping. We're not sober. We're just whatever. I mean, and we're not even taking the, the, the picture was just how for granted we're taking the harvest that God wants to give us. How for granted I'm taking the corn that he's producing for me to enjoy that's going to produce more and more, whatever it is. How, great, how, how for granted I'm taking those things. I value the fruit that God has for me. I value the fruit, the harvest that he's preparing for you. So I have to be alert. I have to to be on guard. I have to be ready. I have to be watching. Father, this morning as, as we share, this morning as we look at the Word, God, this, this month as we've spent time just preaching through, through sowing, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Galatians, I think it was, it's chapter 6, it said that we keep on doing work because in due season we will reap a harvest. God, I believe that there's still work to be done. Yes, we're sowing. Yes, we're watering. Yes, we're watching. God, I pray that we can keep on. That we can stand firm knowing who we are in Jesus Christ. Knowing the power and authority that you've given us. God, I pray that we would live in watchfulness. God, I believe there's a harvest. I believe there's an incredible fruit that you want produced. And I pray, God, that we do our part. I pray, God, that we do what we're supposed to do. In Jesus' name. As they sing this song, I just would encourage you to pray, uh, to consider the seeds that you're sowing, the seeds that God's been speaking to you about, to, to just consider them, maybe look, Ask for God to reveal signs, evidence that the enemy has been around. Give, give you wisdom as to when to wake up. Whatever it takes to show you the way. But you can be responsible for what God has given. Another scripture that I hadn't thought about that, that I just would resonate with my heart. He said, to whom much is given, much is expected. That as God sees how you handle the harvest, as he sees what you do with the harvest in this moment, that he will increase, that it will grow, it will continue, because he knows he can trust. God, I pray for the watchman. Make me a watchman, God. Give me that place where I can see. Give me the eyes that it takes to see the enemy when they're approaching. Let me recognize, let me realize who's coming, how they're coming, and what their plans may be. God is faithful. And He promises us a harvest. He promises us fruit. And I can assure you, no matter how silly Walt might have felt that night,
or proud, whichever one. His corn tasted better because he watched. I can assure you the fruit, the wor- it may seem like work and it may seem foolish. You may wonder why. But when you reap the harvest, the work was worth it. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face toward you and grant you his peace. And may you protect the harvest that God has in store for you. Amen? Be blessed.